the sun sets. A chill falls over the land. Thunder, thunder cracks. And you press through the undergrowth to the haunted old mill. The content mill, that is. It's Halloween and the internet is haunted, so draw a protective pentagram, light some candles, and make the sign of Mephistelzebub as we conjure up the hates of clickbait. I'm Adam, with me are Ing and Avi, as always, here to discuss uh, whatever nonsense happened this week, or even today, because a lot of it happened today. From what I can see. So much nonsense just has happened in like 24 hours, unfortunately. Well, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happened that, you know, as we said, is probably too depressing and not really clickbait, unless the world is becoming clickbait, which it might be. I think that would... Uh... Uh, we're Some of the horrible stuff is actually clickbait versions of it. Yes. Yeah. So- Right. Well, let's let's segue into that with the uh... the Times Magazine, which did an article right on the precipice of the Brazilian election, and with all the elections in the U.S. and right when President Donald Trump embraced the label of nationalist. Nationalism has a bad reputation, but it's what America needs. Yeah. Ugh. No. Which, yeah, it's clickbait, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we have to say anything more about it, but fuck you. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Time's, Time's always been a pretty right-wing magazine, hasn't it? Am I imagining that? Because I remember they used to publish, like, Charles Cro- Before I even know who Charles Krauthammer was, they used to publish him all the time in the 90s, I remember. Okay, no. And, uh... Charles Krauthammer isn't real. <laughs> well, well, they've been more right-leaning over mm-hmm. the past year because they were bought out by a company that's owned by the Koch brothers. So that's but I, one thing I want to get clear: I do not believe that Charles Krauthammer is a real person. That's the name of a Hellboy villain, and he did, right. he does he does look a bit fake too. If you've ever seen him, he kind of looks like like he's been photoshopped. Are, are we sure that he's not like a Muppet? <laughs> A really good Muppet? He does look rather Muppety, yes, or, it's true. Or a hmm. bad Muppet, like one of the times when the Muppets <laughs> do, like, a realistic person, but it's still obviously a puppet. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> That's, well, then his antithesis is Gritty, the uh, Philadelphia mascot. I'm sorry, I the... believe you mean the anti fat mascot. The Antifa mascot. I love that. That's the best, that he's become the Antifa mascot. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I, that's not going to end well legally, but I love the the uh, <laughs> the short-term effect that that's Like, had. the Antifa actually give a fuck until litigation actually happens, because yeah, well, that's why they don't use Pepe anymore, because yeah. litigation happened. <laughs> okay, I, I don't think the Antifa are going to do things... That will require yeah. litigation, like trying to claim Giddy actually as their own to the point where they claim that they have a right to publish books using it. That's where the Pepe litigation came from. Antifaz gotta bother with that because they just want to make memes of the scary Muppet Man. Yeah. That's true. Well, and, and the Philadelphia, it was I believe it was the town council, passed a resolution where they sort of went, oh, we, and Gritty is a beloved Antifa mascot or something like that. And they were clearly, like, enjoying it. Like, they were chuckling at it. Like, it wasn't... Uh, well, that's know, good, at least. I don't know if you saw that. Like, it's somebody, like, yeah, literally somebody drafted a resolution. I, I'm sorry, I don't know if it was literally the 
Philadelphia Flyers organization or if it was the actual town of Philadelphia. But it was a semi-official meeting, and they literally said it's resolved that Gritty is a beloved figure who <laughs> stands for... I, I can't remember if they specifically said Andy Fa, but it was clearly going, oh, it's, it's, you know, we're cool with this. This is kind of funny. We think it's great that he's been embraced this way, right? And why wouldn't you, really? Because it is such a great, you know... <laughs> well, considering the initial backlash against Gritty... <laughs> Was there like, a backlash? People fucking I've, hated... I've only people seen did the... not like Gritty from the get-go just because he looked kind of funny and weird <laughs> and it didn't make any goddamn sense. And then he was sort of adopted by the Antifa and then so people were kind of okay with it. Do people so... have this standard with mascots where they're like, no, that one's weird. Like, you know, the the fanatic or whatever he's called is, that's okay, that thing. But this Muppety guy is too weird for us. Like, what, well, the, what's the... Well, the, the Philly fanatic is really weird, but... In the case of the fanatic, he's been so around for so long at this point right. that nobody it, can imagine it being anything else. Yes. <laughs> this is what I wish people would consider more often when critiquing anything, pop culture, anything. They're like, oh, that's so weird. It's like, well, imagine how weird the thing that you love since childhood was when it originally appeared. I would say this was Star Wars. People are like, think about what a weird movie that would have been in 1977 when there was no context for it. And that's people, true. You know, and... and People are like, well, uh, it has to be very predictable, like Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is not predictable in the context of 1977. It's predictable because no. we're all used to it now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention, we've seen other stories done in a similar fashion. Right. That so we're all kind of used to seeing those stories being told over and over. Not necessarily a bad thing. Yes. But it's like... Just because you've, you know, read other books and seen other movies does not mean that Star Wars being predictable is a bad thing. No, I'm like... sorry. It's the internet. If it's predictable at all or cannot be broken down into tropes, despite the <laughs> fact that it is mutually contradictory, then it is immediately awful. Uh -huh. Oh, that's right, because Ant-Man and Wasp spoiled by foreshadowing Avengers 4. That's um... right. Okay, I don't even know. How People that... were complaining about that when Ant-Man and Wasp was still kind of fresh in theaters. That, oh my god, they have spoilers! And it's like, it's called foreshadowing, people. What it's was a legitimate writing. T I don't even fucking know, because I haven't seen the movie. I wasn't even but apparently... that. I was just doing a general mock. And... <laughs> but but that was a thing that happened, like, yeah. several months ago. I so. mean, it, it foreshadowed it in that it ties into the end of the last Avengers yeah. movie. <laughs> but yeah. I don't see... I mean, it's what they're doing. They're setting things up and then continuing them in the next movie. That's yeah, it exactly. And it's so it's just kind of like, um, this is what they've been doing for years. <laughs> Emperor Literally, Strikes, Emperor Strikes Back spoils Return of the Jedi by having Darth Vader be Luke's father, and that was that's the real struggle in Return of the Jedi, and they spoiled it in Empire Strikes Back. I can't Adam, believe it. Really, uh, spoilers. I have. <laughs> Yet to see all of Star it's Wars. It's only that movie is only forty five. I have yet years to see old. all of the wars of stars. Yeah, I, yeah. To, I have yet to witness all of these conflicts, Celestial. Yeah. All, of, all right, you know, let's get let's fights. talk about an actual stellar article. Conflicts. Stellar conflict sounds kind of cool, actually. All see these that. nebulous is... skirmishes. <laughs> okay, so you've got a lot of them, clearly. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Let's, let's talk let's about an it. actual article. Where are yes. we starting? The twelve. The, New York... the twelve kids who won't. The vote. twelve young people on yeah. why they probably won't vote. Right. At the New York Magazine Intelligencer. I don't know why the magazine has a special website folded into 
its own self called the Intelligencer, but they do. It's inter- profiles of 12 kids. I'm going to guess they're all white, although I guess we're not 100% sure on that. Well, I mean, the three pictures that they have are all white people. They're interviewing people from Austin, San Francisco, and Berkeley. Orlando, um, Florida. I know that doesn't necessarily make them white, but I don't want to generalize. But Although, truth be told, somebody named Samantha in Old Bridge, New Jersey is probably white. Same thing with Reese in Hudson, Ohio. You're probably yeah. white. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, anyway, they all sound white. Let's put it that way. By the name or by the virtue that they're the topic of this story? Well, let's not make any, uh, any nasty statements here, but... Um... Oh, yeah, no, I'm not. But they <laughs> all have acceptable not. American names. Yes. And this is coming from somebody whose real name is not an acceptable American name. Because everybody looks at it and then doesn't know how to pronounce it, even mm. though it's completely phonetic. Aventica sounds like like an insurance company to me. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that. Anyway, um, wow. Um, sorry, <laughs> it's okay. No, I meant I meant it sounded like it had in, like Integra or Acura. It's like the Jerry Seinfeld routine. <laughs> This is this is Avi's <laughs> last episode because it's the one where Adam committed a microaggression. Um, <laughs> Just casual racism. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so if anyone wants to see Adam, he'll be on Louis C.K.'s new podcast. Um, oh God! <laughs> it's the only one that would take me. Yes. Uh, anyway. I just um, want to talk about Samantha first because okay. she says that there's ways to be an informed non-voter. And right. it's just kind of like, if you're a non-voter, you're technically useless in a democracy. I don't care how informed you are. You're useless. I can see an argument being made specifically for people who cannot vote. Like, yeah. if That's different. This is right. somebody who can vote. She has an absentee ballot waiting for her to be filled out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she does say she's got an absentee vote. She didn't say she would definitely not vote. She said she's probably not going to vote. Oh. And that she's, you know, disillusioned by 2016, basically. She was a Hillary Clinton supporter. Which is understandable. But then why would you not vote? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I understand the idea of being an informed non-voter over being an uninformed voter, but you know what? If you believe you're an informed non-voter, just become an informed voter, and then you're actually participating in democracy. Yeah, just do right. the shitty mail-in thing, and then... Like, I've already mailed in my ballot. It's It's been counted. Well, let's, be, let's be clear about Samantha, though. She, she does say, like, this is actually kind of a, comp, I mean, needless to say, it's a complicated subject, but she does mm. say very clearly that she's doing grassroots organization and she's getting active and stuff like that. So she's not just sitting back and letting what she will happen. She's one of these people, and I've spoken to some of them who, legitimately don't believe that voting is making and and to be clear also she's in new jersey that's a pretty blue state right so it's not, not like as she's much losing... as you think no sort of okay. yeah remember we fucking elected christy well yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> it's also another thing to to keep in mind that we're also not a swing state so she might right. also be sitting there with her absentee ballot thinking, my vote doesn't matter. We right. are one of the more important states. Why should Except I vote? Except our senators definitely are because we're a purple state. 
Exactly. Which means that this isn't a presidential election, so we definitely mm. are a swing state. Like, my general attitude towards all this stuff is, I think there's a lot of footnotes and, and asterisks you can put next to, I have issues with the democratic process. I don't get the point of not voting. That's the thing I don't get. People who say, and I mean... Maybe I can see people who didn't want to vote for Clinton if they were in a safe blue state. I wouldn't have agreed with that necessarily, but I can. The thing I always say, and I, I really wish people would remember this: October 2016, everyone was a hundred percent convinced Hillary was just going to win in a walk, and there was nothing else to do. So when whenever we say, "Oh, you people who stayed home in 2016," it's like, yeah, but everyone thought Hillary was going to win with no problems at all. And so people went, you know what? I don't like her. So it's my protest non-vote. I'm not going to vote for her as a... That people... actually really pisses me off at having a protest non-vote. Well, they, but everyone had been saying consistently, Hillary's going to win. Hillary believed she was going to win. Trump believed she was going to win. Like, it was clear that both the Trump and Clinton camps were 100%, oh yeah, Hillary's going to win. And Trump was like gearing up to be like, oh, they stole the election and it was blah, 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 blah. Like, oh yeah, he was definitely gearing up for that. And yeah. he was a snooty-ass bastard when he did win in right. his speech afterwards. Yeah. So, well, And I mean, they were definitely Definitely, everyone was surprised by the fact that Trump won, quite frankly. So, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to judge too harshly someone, to me, who was in a blue state. They were totally solid, and they said, you know what, I'm really upset about Hillary. I, I know we're not going to get Trump. It doesn't mean support for Trump. It just means that just shows you, look, there was some hesitance about you. Because that does mean things. That can send a signal. But we always talk about non-voters and blah, blah, blah. The real problem was, you know that they stole the election. Like, that was the real problem, was all the yeah. vote rigging going on and all the voter yeah. suppression and everything, and that's the issue here as well. I mean, going back to the Bush years, I remember, I think it was the 2004 election. What are you talking about? There is a ton of devout Democrat Jews who really wanted Pat Buchanan. I'm not, you know, condoning anything anyone says in this article. They're all, you know, they all sound like clueless idiots, frankly. It's that kind of article where, like, they deal with that and they don't deal with, like, massive voter suppression and huge problems that are that are happening. This is why I selected it, because this is basically yeah. millennials are killing democracy. <laughs> no, and it, the, whole, the whole point of it is to give older people a thing to be pissed off at right. those kids for. Is this a big trend? I don't know. I do right. know that they had to go looking for... These 12 people? Yeah, they're all, like, in their 20s. So they're all younger than us. But they went specifically looking for non-voters. It's not, like, right. a thing yeah. that it's, like, are people voting? And they got a high number of people saying, no, fuck that. They, yeah. it, to yeah. get the story, you specifically go out, hey, we want to talk to non-voters. And big surprise, this is the people who aren't voting. I'll be honest, when I was around the age of 18, I didn't vote in that particular election. But that's also because I didn't know how to procure an absentee ballot at the time. And there were people that I've met who didn't even know that mail-in ballots were a thing. Like, right. they thought that you had to go to a place, the voting booth. So I feel like it's going to say that it seems like these 12 people aren't actually underprivileged, that they don't know no. these things, because some of them very clearly have mail-in ballots. So it's right. just kind of like, you have this information, you're not uninformed as a result, you need to be informed and a voter. That's how I feel. But... Sorry. The point I was making at is that they made a decision to run this article rather than one informing people how to vote or interviewing people who perhaps wanted to vote and couldn't. Right. Yes. 
That's the issue. That is a huge deal. The narrative that's being pushed in a lot of quarters is, oh, it's just those people who won't get up their butts and vote. There's no denying that it, for whatever reason, there's always been fairly low young person voter turnout in the U.S. That has been an issue. And I mean, but even then, it's it does have to do with roadblocks. Like, people do put up roadblocks. Yeah, and it's um, not the areas you thought because, remember, you don't need to be in, like, podunk nowhere, Arkansas. Yeah, I'm but sorry, offending there, because my wife got her uh, absentee ballot rejected. I'd tell you the actual reason for it, but the actual, actual reason for it is because some Republican got a hair up their ass and is doing it to prevent the voter fraud. Right. There's an... And I mean, it's been clearly, I mean, hopefully everyone listening to this knows this, but it's been pretty clearly established that voter fraud has never been a major issue. Like at one, for one election, they did a study. Yeah, they did it. They did a study in like something like two cases of voter fraud were confirmed. And yeah, but also just straight up. And I mean, it really kills me. I, we're really talking about political stuff here. <laughs> it's a real laugh a minute here, but um, the, uh, the, yeah, um, I specifically uh, wanted to just bitch about, uh, the boomers bitching about millennials, <laughs> yes. but fuck. the boomers bitching about us. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. That is that is what this is. This is the boomers saying, you know, oh look at these kids, and they won't. And I mean, again, there is some validity to the fact that the youth vote has always been the lowest turnout for whatever reason, and the olds are always the highest turnout. Okay. Well, um, the reason for that is that we hold the fucking elections on Tuesday. That's not a day off. Yeah. If 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 voting day was a national holiday and it it would be a completely different story. It's, that's what's frustrating is that it doesn't seem like the Democrats are fighting very hard for the things that would benefit them politically, which is the baffling thing. Like just on a procedural level, just from basically like, oh, this will help us win. Why don't they embrace that? Do you want me to go into like my full conspiracy mode? Yes, please. You want? Go ahead. Because basically the Democratic Party is a placeholder for any genuine mm-hmm. leftist movement. So effectively, and this is why mm. like Schumer is absolutely a fucking failure at most things he does, he is basically <laughs> paid by donors to be a jobber in wrestling right. terms. Ah. He literally leaps up and sabotages them you know like he recently jumped up and was like well both sides are bad at a time when a bomber a mad bomber is running around and he's like yeah but you know people are getting yelled at in restaurants so we're both bad obviously no i would i would rather see the dickheads be afraid to go to public restaurants (laughs) like he's leaping in to defend the republicans in every given situation and 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 he said things like oh yeah we're not going to prosecute Trump. Just to get back to the article, I'm reading somebody else who's complaining about having registration by mail, but they don't have stamps. Yeah, a few of these people are very easily defeated. And I, we've been complaining about how hard it is to get registered, but some of these people seem like... I understand having a chronic illness and that can impede you to do a lot of things. Okay, that's fine. But you can ask somebody else then to get you stamps. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can order stamps online and have them delivered to you that is a thing the u.s post office does and stamps.com but um 
Right. I'm actually going to defend seemingly the indefensible. Which okay. is? For the younger generation. Yes. It is quite possible that they have <gasps> never had to use stamps. <gasps> no, so that the very concept of where do I, I get stamps is like a thing. I... But the younger generation has also had Google their entire yeah, life. Yeah, I know that they should Google that, but I, I met, <laughs> look, I'm married to a teacher, so yeah. The consistent Google deficiency allergy that shows up is a big one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. You and I can, I can, all, I can kind of relate to that. You just don't want to Google it, even though it's right there at your fingertip. You're just like, don't tell me what you heard, and I want that. There's one observation that's very true. It is my favorite thing. Once I learned it, that said, if you want people to help you with something, like if you're trying to learn something and want some help from people, people will not respond if you just ask, I need some help with the thing. So the best way to do it is to get on Twitter and say the thing that you're trying to do is impossible. And within the hour, I would get a bunch of people very rudely telling me how to do it. And call, oh my God. And they would call you an idiot, but you would get the help that you couldn't get. So what you're saying is, is don't ask nicely, be an asshole. Great. But this is a wonderful world and society we live Also, Boy has editing it really changed my perspective because before we were like, yes, politics, this is a fun thing to talk about. I love talking about with this with friends. Now I'm just sitting there going, oh my god, none of this is fucking usable. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're well, listening. let's, let's yeah. continue on. I'm going to, need to comment how it's not usable as a way to justify not wanting to edit it because then that joke's there and I have to leave the rest of the stuff in there to justify it. Okay, there, I just saved myself 15 fucking minutes of editing. <laughs> well, okay, let's move on. Uh... Okay, then let's do a poo. A poo I figured a would poo. be a relatively short one. And I just... I, that, this is only included because I just know that Avi's ranted on this before. Uh, well, I, I did watch The Problem with the Pooh, and I do agree with his points that, like, yeah, sure, when they first introduced him, it was kind of okay because there really wasn't a lot of representation at the time, but we have so much representation t now, it's just kind of like, just because something was progressive at one point doesn't mean it stays progressive unless you actively do something and they haven't with a poo yeah well so he was it's... he was he was un he was not progressive when he was introduced he was kind of a goofy stereotype and they right. worked and made him like a very three-dimensional character and he was interesting and likable you could have done a lot better <laughs> that even as a stereotype having an indian character was still more rep than other places a lot more rep than other places. And I mean, Simpsons, or if you look at early Simpsons, they were pretty good about that. They were trying to make sure, you know, Springfield wasn't all white. There were, they, they kept putting in black characters and the, you know, that didn't, they tried to make sure there was a bit of diversity to Springfield. They didn't go, they didn't maybe go as far as they could have, but at least there was some. Smithers inexplicably became white in between episodes. <laughs> yeah. But also keep in mind that this is the era where Short Circuit is having a white guy play an Indian. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes, the... 
if this is your response to the problem with a poo, this is your response instead of either a hiring an Indian writer who maybe can do a full a poo episode that like really delves into the character and and progresses him further than what he was before or be hiring a sensitivity writer who potentially has an Indian background who can check to make sure you aren't doing something stupid. Well, apparently what happened was that this guy, Adi Shankar, who was a, uh, one of the, who's an animator, uh, Mm -hmm. he says he pitched uh, a script and he, he did a whole thing where he said, okay, here's a script you can use uh, for a poo. And he went and, that was literally he, he he pitched them a script where he said this will handle a lot of the problems with a poo, and uh-huh. uh, they basically said, "Well, we're writing the character out of the show, so oh. uh, we can't." That's why we can't use the script. And now they've kind of walked it back. And Al Jean, who's one of the main producers, said, "Well, yeah. that's no, that guy doesn't speak for the script for the show." Oh, they have uh, walked so that back already. Hank Azaria did eventually go on, I think Letterman, or no, not Letterman. Um, Somebody's talk show. It wouldn't be Letterman. What am I talking about? Uh, he went on somebody's talk show and he basically Who's Letterman did Grandpa. <laughs> you see, back in the old days, there used to be two talk shows and only two. Yeah. His his little his speech that he gave later on a talk show was people thought that was fairly graceful of him, but again, he wasn't. He's not a hundred percent in the position to go in and say, <laughs> you know, I oh yeah, we're getting rid of a poo. Um, and it was Matt Grading that everyone got pissed off at after that because he was very dismissive of the documentary from what I heard. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if if he sat and thought about it and realized, okay, maybe I should take a more sympathetic tone with this, mm-hmm. then I can. Then that's fine. That just means he's trying to better himself. As yeah, a person I, and well, I, I give him credit that. that he did watch the documentary. <laughs> And mm-hmm. came away agreeing with it. Like, he thought it was a good... Yeah. He thought the argument was well made. Mm-hmm. Now, Avi, did you say Hank Azaria then said he felt they should recast the character, or he agreed with that idea, or was it something I think else? it's in here that it actually yeah, says that they should recast the character. He said he's willing to step aside and, ha- and yeah. you know, tap the character. And no, have somebody of actual Indian yeah. descent right. do, now, do uh, the Avi, voice instead. No, Avi, ask Avi... About this, if they did do that and they kept Apu basically as he is, but they had someone of Indian descent voicing him. No, they need feel... to change the writing for the show as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they can do because, proof to be told, I have not watched The Simpsons in years. And it kind of feels like The Simpsons needs a new writing staff in general because it doesn't know what the fuck it's doing anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, insert a joke here about how much of a non-traversy this is because it relies on the hypothetical idea of people still watching The Simpsons. Yeah, there's that too. And, and truth be told, if they're just going to get rid of a poo, why don't they just end the series and let Matt Groening do all of the other fucking shit he does? It's not like they don't make Simpsons comics or something like that, and he can continue any storylines he wants to in there. And it's and he and 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 he just did Disenchanted on Netflix, so it's not like he isn't getting deals or something like. Well, it's Does my, the Simpsons really need to go on is is the real question here. I, in terms like, of that grading, obviously, as the the famous quote from when it was good, uh, where they had um, uh, Troy McClure go, "Who knows what adventures they'll have between now and the time when the show becomes unprofitable?" So that's the reason they're keeping it going. But Matt Groening, I believe, has said, "Well, one of the reasons I keep it going is that it's giving work to all my peeps, and I want them to keep working. And if I stop the show, 
they would have to find new jobs. And... Even though it's mostly animated in Korea? I don't know. Well, there's a there's a team in America and Korea, but you're right. Yeah, uh, but it's mostly animated in Korea because it's cheaper to animate either in Korea or, hilariously, it's cheaper to animate in India. Oh, um, really? Especially if it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of 3D animation and special effects goes to India. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, when we were, when me and my friend Celine, we were watching Venom and we actually watched until post credits and like ha- more than half of the special effects team all had Indian names. So that doesn't necessarily mean it was in India, but there's a pretty good chance it was in India. It was some Indian studio. So it's also worth pointing out since we mentioned Korean studios, the way things go is that the base animation will be done in studio by the animators, and then the in-between frames will be shipped out right. to an overseas studio. Right. Ah, uh, exactly. okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a pretty big American, you know, uh, side to the production, for sure. So, I mean, you... you, you yeah, I was just correcting, because the... we made it seem like The Simpsons, everything is being drawn in Korea. Yeah. A lot of the very tedious work gets subcontracted out. Yeah. Well, as we saw, Simpsons themselves made fun of that. I'm here in Korea for a look at how American cartoons are made. Yeah. Which is barely even a joke anymore. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, I mean, the there's <laughs> there was also that Banksy opening, which was you know basically about how in the animation industry in in overseas is like a sweatshop. Yay. Uh. Anyway. Steven Universe, um, also, Steven Universe also did the joke when they visited Korea and visited an animation studio where they're working on the animation for that episode. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Um, so, shall Venom, which Adam hasn't seen yet. Yeah, I haven't seen Shall Venom we make Adam feel bad for his poor life choices? Yes, I know. <laughs> you enjoyed it a lot. I do want to see it. It's 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 a great love story between a man and and a parasite. <laughs> All right, our actual story for why we brought that up is technically it's not really a clickbait story, but I hadn't seen Avi in person since she and the rest of our friends saw it, so I wanted to use this as an excuse to talk about Venom. Let's talk about Venom. So the article is how Venom unspoken symbiote love story beat out the internet's most popular pairings. That kind of is clickbait. I'm not sure I agree it's not clickbait. Okay, it's clickbait, but... It's clickbait. It is clickbait. It's just not clickbait that really circled around a whole lot. There was talk on Tumblr for a bit about how it knocked Clance, which is the extremely popular pairing from Voltron of Keith and Lance. It dropped that down to the second spot and Simbrock took over as <laughs> as the most popular ship on Tumblr. You know, there doesn't need to be a shipping name of, that combines with their names when the combination of the two is Venom. That's what it's called. Technically, in the movie, that's not the case. I know, I know. The ship is an actual character. I have to yeah. cite one of the, the biggest laughs I've ever gotten was Stephen Colbert when he was talking about celebrity couples like Brangelina and Benifer, and then he talked about William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman as Philium H. Muffin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I will fully admit that there are some ships where the name smoosh just, just doesn't work, but okay. Simbrock is pretty, pretty, pretty 
good. Yeah. <laughs> the the two of them making out a lot or something like that. that they just <laughs> have a very close relationship, and it, if you want to read that as being romantic, there's enough there no. in the movie that you totally can. But there's also enough not there that if you don't want to read it that way, you don't have to. And me and my friend, who Celine, who I saw the movie with, when we walked out, we were both actually kind of upset because we know that the comics aren't like the movie at all. <laughs> because Venom was, was invented because of 90s edgelord. Actually, correct me on this if I'm wronging, because you probably know it better than I do. But if I, mm-hmm. if I have it correct... What happened was that in the 80s, uh, I believe in the Secret Wars uh, storyline, uh, Spider-Man yeah. was given a new so His suit got destroyed while he was on an alien planet. They gave him a new suit, which was all black, which was a cool yep. look. And he was a ninja. Yeah. And then eventually, like a few years later, they decided to reveal that that had been an alien symbiote the entire time. Yes. As we yeah. m- more or less saw in Spider-Man 3, the, the, Ted, the Sam Raimi movie. Um, yeah. and that decided it was evil. He had to get rid of it. It latched onto another guy named Eddie Brock and he became a villain for Spider-Man. Yes. So that right. was, and, that, yeah. And technically Peter Parker did something to ruin Eddie Brock's life, which is why Eddie Brock wants to kill Spider-Man. Right, right. But, but Venom, need, the symbiote needed a host, uh, of yeah. some kind. So he was the real villain in that sense, yeah. basically. I mean... Largely, that origin story isn't in the movie, although you could still link Peter and Eddie Brock because there is mention of something happening in New York with the Daily Bugle with Eddie, which is why he moves out to San Francisco. San Diego? San Francisco. So he moves out to San Francisco. Uh So you could still say that Peter Parker slash Spider-Man did something to Uh fuck up his life. Right. What? We don't know. And quite frankly, we don't really have to know. And we won't be able to know because of rights issues. Right. Right. And truth be told, I think it's kind of better that, like, he doesn't have that. (laughs) Because then he can be more of, like, an actual anti-hero and somebody we can root for rather than this kind of weird edgy guy who wants to kill spider-man but then also does other shit but i would like to read more venom comics that are about the version that come from them it's a joke in the movie that due to the biological nature of the symbiote it's difficult to talk about it without sounding sexual uh the other thing that ties us into our regular segment was the argument online over whether venom was spider-man's waluigi or wario as ing has pointed out carnage is waluigi and it should be noted that in the io9 Twitter poll, they had a third option, which was just what? <laughs> yeah. And that actually technically won the poll. Uh-huh. <laughs> As, honestly, well, it should. Carnage, I don't know what Carnage's deal is. Ing, do you know what Carnage's deal yeah. is? Yeah, like... okay. The Carnage symbiote is the offspring of the Venom symbiote. Okay. And it's latched on to a serial killer right. called Cletus Cassidy. That. It's a version of... Right. It's like they decided Venom was going to be a hero, so they needed a really evil Venom. Yeah, he very much is be... made to yeah. be a foil for Venom. Well, Venom was becoming a hero, an anti-hero. Yeah, because he was popular enough that they realized, okay, we need to make comics about this guy, but we can't really make comics about a villain, so what do? And that's, I guess that's when they made Carnage, so. The symbiote itself was never much of a real character. 
Okay. Yeah, it never had like a personality, whereas the movie gives it a personality and it's right. a great personality. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Yeah, I was never clear on whether he did a lot of talking to this symbiote and stuff, and it sounds like he didn't in the comics. But it it might have been more of like just like the kind of voice that you sometimes hear in, hear in your head. I think that's what the right. symbiote was sort of meant to be, at least originally. Mm. Whereas now it has its own personality and its own thoughts and things like that. And it's great. It's Which hilarious. Is, yeah, makes perfect sense if you're going to have a character who has to kind of talk to himself. Yeah, when on, Eddie Brock merge with it, they use plural pronouns and refer to themselves collectively as Venom. And it's implied that they have yeah. thoughts, but it is the collective Venom. And if you separate the two of them, it's not Venom anymore. Yeah, we've decided we've got to wrap it up a bit since we are and we're at, sorry. at our limit. Was probably going to be... Yeah. Don't be sorry. We're at our limit of time. People don't want to. I'm sure some of that stuff about the uh, about politics will get slashed away. Oh at, god! Um, oh no! The, this whole thing is basically a wash. None of this is usable. <laughs> oh no! This is going to be the no. last episode of Destroy All Clickbait. People yeah. will speak of it. Ah, <laughs> oh, as the editor just fucking destroyed it. Yes. Oh. The evils defeated. The entire, the entire show is. We are cool. We are agreeing with. Alright, welcome to Destroy All... Well, that's all for now. I now have to go back to my home planet. Yes. I okay. Editors, it is time. Editors note Adam died on his way back to his home planet. <laughs> that's oh, how I get written out by for my, you know... That's how Abby insists I get written yeah. out. It's like, I want him off the yep. show, damn it! <laughs> yep. Guy likes the guy likes a poo too much. I don't like him. Anyway, I don't know why Abby sounds like JJ uh, Jonah Jameson in my version. I want pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> pictures of a poo, damn it! <laughs> all right, so so from all of us here at the podcast, we hope your scarometrics stay up, and remember to enable your ad shockers. Good night, kiddies. <laughs>